Blog Talk Radio. Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense. Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Gentlemen, this is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you today. We're going to have a wonderful interview with Pastor Jeff Bass from Virginia in just a little bit. I want to begin the broadcast today. First of all, I want to read a little scripture, and then I want to share a little video, and then we're going to move on from there, okay? So I thought this was very interesting. I've been reading my Bible for 39 years. You've probably been reading yours maybe a lot longer. Who knows? But this story of the miraculous feeding of the 5,000, have you ever ever really stopped and looked at that, what it was was really saying? Well, as I was reading out of John chapter 6 this morning, here's the simple story. It says, after these things, in verse 1, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he had did on them, that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. And when Jesus lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? So Jesus is asking Philip, Where are we going to get all the bread for these people? And then it says, And this he said to prove him, to test Philip, for he himself knew what he would do. Now, Philip answered, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, and every one of them may take a little. Well, that was a lot of money for a lot of bread, but not everybody would be satisfied, he said. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, there is a lad here 
which has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes, as much as they would. When they were filled, so the 5,000 ate bread and fish. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore, they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Now, I want to ask you a question. In the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, this exact same story is told. There are a few little differences along the way, but in every one of the accounts, Jesus had five loaves of barley to work with and two loaves of fish, and he fed 5,000 people plus women and children, and then he gathered together 12 baskets of the fragments that remained, 12 baskets. Those are big baskets. They weren't small baskets. You're feeding 5,000 people, right? So my question to you is where did Jesus come up with the resources? Where did he get the bread and the fish from? Well, in only one of the stories, in one of the accounts, in the Gospel of John, was there a lad, a little boy. A little boy was standing nearby, and when Jesus was asking the question about all these people, he said, there's a lad over here. He's got five loaves of barley and two fish. And what I love about this story is I could see and visualize Jesus looking at the lad and saying to him, and you could imagine the eyes of Yeshua looking at the little boy and saying, can I have your loaves and your fish? Would you trust them to me? May I, I need them for use. And however he said it, that little boy in the innocence of his heart said, yes, here's my fish and here are the five loaves of barley. This is what I have, sure. And the innocence of a child giving to the Lord. And now what does he do? He not only feeds the 5,000 with those five loaves of barley and those two fish, but he gathers up 12 fragments. What do you think he did with those 12 baskets of the leftovers? Yeah, you got it. He gave it to the lad, or at least a lot of it. I know that the Lord gave back to that little boy those five loaves, those two fish, plus. Amen? And so I just thought about that innocence. And the, the whole connection that was going on there, uh, well, Philip, the disciples were being tested. What are, you, what are we going to do? Jesus knew what he was going to do. And that little boy was there to share in the greatest miracle to ever hit the face of the earth. It was that little child that was there sharing in the greatest miracle. There were great miracles. But honestly, to feed 5,000 people with two fish and five loaves of barley, that's a miracle. And yet he did it, and that little child was there, the innocence. And that's what I was seeing was the innocence. And how many of you know today, with all that's going on around the world, we are still called to innocence, to have a childlike faith, a childlike faith, without the fear, the holding on, the resistance. I see that little boy 
just willingly giving to the Lord. And I could see the smile, the, the, the countenance, the tender compassion, and the love that was being communicated and how that was all happening. And I just want to remind you today that whatever we hear in the days that are coming on this earth, the things that are happening around the world, don't forget to keep your childlike faith, that innocence, and to come back to that innocence, that profound innocence. And uh, one day, ladies and gentlemen, we are not going to be waking up hearing the news of cities disappearing and wildfires in California or towns. Uh, We're not going to hear about the massive uh, hurricanes that are being predicted for this year. We're not going to hear about the riots in France, the lockdowns in Australia, the vaccination push. One day, everything is going to return to the innocence that God had originally intended everything to be. I believe that we have to have this hope, that we have to remember that we are connected to an eternal purpose, and that we need to, even now, for unless you become like little children, you shall by no means inherit the kingdom of God. And what that means is to bring that innocence back and not allow these times to uh, cause us to grow up too fast. You know what I mean? Uh, Have that faith. The Lord needs a few uh, fish and some barley loaves. Let's willingly give it to him. Whatever it's going to take, um, just maintain and bring back. There's not going to be any more uh, devil on this earth. The Bible's very clear for a thousand years. He will not be around to deceive the nations any longer. Um, there won't be the pollutions of the mind through demonic, wicked spirits. That won't be here for a thousand years. Uh, we are going to come and we are going to a place that is going to be more incredible. And if you could revisit your childhood at one of those moments in your life, regardless of how good or bad your childhood was, if you can go back and find that one moment of the innocence that you had as a child, and that moment where you maybe met God as a little child in some way, and just remember that those days of innocence before the mind, before the pollutions of the world, before all the garbage that uh, this world is pushing out of the belly of hell into the atmosphere, Uh, Just remember, there was a time of innocence, and that time of innocence can be found again, uh, not by childlike personality in the sense of character, but even in grown character. Jesus probably had more of a childlike faith than the child that gave him the bread, Uh, you know, because he was the one doing all the miracles because he just was tapped into the Father as a son. And um, I just felt that was important to bring that message out today for whatever reason. Uh, I want to say good morning this morning to Kevin Hauger. Good morning, Pastor Vince. The earth is starting to shake. It is soft at the moment, but the crescendo is coming. Bless your day. Thanks, Kevin. We agree. Uh, Cindy Messman is with us. Good morning, Pastor Vince. And Xavier, blessings and blessings to you, Cindy. Uh, I see Megan Cotton. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Megan. And uh, thank you for the blessing. God bless you. Dean Smith, good morning, preacher. Hey, Dean, God bless you. Uh, you're probably a preacher yourself, an evangelist, right? Laquita, good morning. Ah, Laquita, you sent that video yesterday. I'm going to play it here in just a little bit. And uh, I want to thank Laquita Sizemore for the video we're about to hear. And then Brenda Torville is with us today. Good morning, Pastor Vincent Xavier. God bless you and yours. Thank you so much, Brenda. Uh, Jody Keene is with us from Florida. Jody, she is a radical Christian in Florida. Hey, Your governor there is really beginning to battle it out right now with the White House. I think that's really cool. It's really good to see his honest position on things. 
things got a little confusing a few days ago, but now to hear him say to Joe Biden, just shut your mouth until you fix the border crises. Uh, 10 immigrants were killed this morning, as you know, in Texas, a van carrying uh, illegal immigrants, okay, um, was wrecked and 10 people were killed. And uh, very sad. Um, Florida governor standing in the gap, Jody, praise God, stand with them as much as you can. Uh, Charlotte Gotch is with us this morning. Good morning, Charlotte. And uh, Jody says, end time watchers are getting their new orders from heaven. Amen to that. Amen to that. Uh, Laquita, hi from Cali, too. Hello, Cali. God bless you. Uh, Laquita, you are welcome. You guys, we're going to have a big conversation right now. Now, what I need to do, uh, Jeff Bass is going to be joining us here in just a little bit, but I wanted, I asked him to give me a moment so I could play this video for you all. And so I am going to do that right now. I'm going to bring this up on the screen, and I'm going to uh, minimize this screen, and I'm going to share my screen so you could actually see it, okay? I want you to see this. I'm going to share the screen. I'm going to share the screen. I'm going to go to my Chrome. I'm going to share the screen, and I'm going to the voluntary is over. Now, here we go. So there it is. It's up on here. I'm going to play it. Listen carefully, and then uh, we'll make sure everything is working good. Here's the video for those of you that are tuned in early this morning. You ready? Okay. Here it is. I'm going to start it over because the sound wasn't right. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
All right. So there it is. They have a right to take you to the doctor's office and plunge a needle into your arm. Uh, wanted us to see what exactly we were um, dealing with. And you know, we share, uh, shared this yesterday at our Bible study last night. And um, it's, it's very interesting because you have from the White House and to all the news media and to some prominent people uh, that are in the entertainment industry and others like that are all calling for a demand. They are the, the narrative, uh, the rhetoric is against the anti-vaxxers, okay? We've heard this, uh, but I just wanted you to see that while most people are just blindly going along in their lives and kind of whimsically moving along, that the plans of the enemy are wide out in the open. And the only way to think about it is simply, you know, wondering, uh, number one, uh, are they just playing games with people's heads? Are they trying to just, you know, rile up the, the white, conservative, uh, patriotic, Christian, uh, racist? Uh, are they trying to just get those Bible-believing thumpers to believe this is the mark of the beast and play games with them? Or are they being so obvious so as to allow that God is allowing the, the, the plans of the enemy to be heard kind of like Elijah that was listening to the Syrian king that was always trying to do something, and Elijah kept hearing him by the Spirit. And I just wonder, are the plans of the enemy? Now, every one of the plans of the enemy were frustrated because Elijah told the king what to do. And I just want to remind everybody about Philippians in uh, chapter 1, I believe it is, in nothing be terrified by your adversaries. Listen, regardless of their plans, regardless of their stated agenda, which is to get us all vaccinated. If we don't, we can't buy or sell or go to the restaurant, get on the plane. And Don Lemon, boy, he really stands in a seat as a judge, shaming the people. Man, it, it just is an ilk, isn't it? So anyways, um, there it is. I wanted you to see it. I'll play it again before the broadcast is over. And I will, um, I want to stop sharing my screen. So how do I do that? So stop sharing your screen. All right, stop screen. There it is. So I'm going to wait now for Pastor Jeff Bass. He's going to be calling in. And the reason uh, we're having our conversation today, he's going to be sharing a lot of information uh, that he has gathered together. He's been doing it for a very long time. He is a pastor in Virginia. And I'm hoping he could join me on video. I could bring him into the broadcast and let the world see him. We're inviting him to the Feast of Tabernacles. Um, so what did you... While we're waiting, what did you just hear? What did you just, what, what did that do to you? I mean, I'm happy to play it over again if you missed it, this three and a half minute video, whatever it is, and just to show that there is a forward motion among the most powerful people in the world that are ridiculous, really. God laughs at them, I get that. Um, but they're, they're wanting to push. Are they pushing for a revolution? Are they pushing for civil war? Do they want, uh, as Mike, somebody on Mike Adams' show, I guess, uh, proclaim that uh, like in Paris, France, or in France right now, there are major protests and demonstrations on the streets, on the city streets of Paris, uh, as peaceful protests, peaceful protests, um, and yet they're going to demonize the peaceful protesters, the anti-vaxxers, and they're going to stir and stimulate something and demonize them like they did on January 6th. 
They demonized the peaceful protest of over one million people in Washington, D.C. by pointing to a few hundred. If you take a few hundred people out of over a million people, it's a very small percentage, if even one percent, even beyond that, smaller than that. And yet they demonized the one million protesters that did nothing but peacefully uh, came together to protest the wrongful election process that was going on to stand by their president, who uh, never called anybody to do anything evil or wicked. Just go stand and shout and give your voice. And and yet it was very peaceful. But what they're going to do is another January 6th. And when people begin to protest, because people are getting really kind of burnt out on it, uh, on what's happening, and the voice of those who are saying enough is enough, is beginning to rise around the country. So they're either wanting that to happen, and then, according to this particular program, it was said that as they uh, demonize the anti-vaxxer peaceful protesters and cause things to happen, then they are going to blame them for a false flag event. A false flag event, if you don't know what that is, it's when what happened in Rome under Nero, when the city of Rome was burning on fire, Nero hated the Christians, and so he blamed them for the fire. And the fire was not started by Christians, but he blamed them, and so the animosity and hatred against the Christians grew. So there's nothing new under the sun. We learn from our historical roots. And so we have the Nero in power today, a man of sin, somebody that's not serving the Lord Jesus Christ and his eternal purpose. And so we expect all of these things. And just listen to another broadcast that the nuclear weapons are ready to go off on August 11th. I guess there's going to be a potential nuclear strike, a detonation. I would say probably more around October if that's going to happen. Electromagnetic pulse probably knocking out the electrical grid. You know, you know what's funny, though, and this is very interesting. Um, earlier this year, Patricia and I were out driving around, and we kept getting this. It was just a download, either on the side of a truck or some building or somewhere, about hurricane, 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 hurricane. So I started looking more clearly, kind of watching, listening, where's this at, and it kept coming. So if you'll notice in my, my little comments that you make today, I put on massive hurricane, category five, was what I meant to do. It came out as a, <laughs> a question mark, but it was meant to cat five. I really believe that there's going to be a massive hurricane hit the United States. So I wake up this morning, and on the news, they're predicting this is going to be the record-breaking year for massive hurricanes. I've got, wow, they're even talking about it now. So I believe that America, like these fires right now, an entire town, Greenville, I believe it is, California, gone. It's gone. Burned to the ground once again. I mean, there's always been wildfires in California, but have we ever seen anything like we saw with these fires the last few years that were burning paradise? Remember paradise burned to the ground? You remember those hurricanes that wiped out parts of the Bahamas? Remember what they did in Houston? Well, probably this hurricane is going to be targeted towards Florida. And I would tell the Floridians, boy, you better be interceding and praying because there is a target on your back right now. Uh, and, And several states have targets. Remember what they're doing what the globalist agenda is doing, they are priming the world. They're starting in Australia. Now in Sydney, the military forces are walking through because of curfews. They are not allowed. The citizens in Australia do not have right to carry guns. So when military powers come in, it's a lot easier to take over that society. Same in France. They may 
protest, but it's illegal to bear arms in France. So what they're doing is they're laboring in other nations around the world, priming them for the takeover, absorbing them into their agenda, their globalization, their power struggle, and then they're coming to the United States, the global community through the United Nations or whatever other military power or forces are going to be released to give the big fight here with those armed citizens of the United States of America. The problem is the United States of America is so divided right now that we may have Americans fighting Americans with their own weapons in a civil war. Now, I was thinking the, uh, just earlier that what would it take, what would be the one event that would unite the United States of America? We need a common enemy. Maybe there'll be the release of Islam, Islamic terrorism again. Maybe there'll be some fantastic, you know, something that will unite the American people back together under one banner. And I thought, and I thought, and I thought, and then I hear in my spirit, there is nothing that's going to unite this nation again. We are divided. All that which has knit us together has been dissolved. The bands have been broken. It is true. And yet there are probably some very willing people on both sides of the aisle that would love to see a unity, but there's something of a consternation that is antagonizing that will never let it be because really the only bond of peace and the bond of union that we will ever know is in Jesus Christ. The only right thing for God's people to do right now is bond themselves together and to band themselves together like the word of God says to do, striving together in this struggle against this moment, having the mind of Christ, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and the ability to navigate through. Remember I told you in 2003, I used to walk through the parks and hike mountains with a shofar. I used to blow the shofar, and I used to prophesy and proclaim all kinds of things. In February of 2003, as I was walking through a park, praying and interceding, the Spirit of the Lord said, do not pray for this nation anymore. Rather pray, my people, that they will be able to navigate what is coming down the pike. In 2003, I heard the Lord say, stop praying for America. I immediately referred to the Word of God, because if I heard something in the Spirit, it has to be confirmed in the Word. Sure enough, three times in the book of Jeremiah, once in John 17, Jesus said, I do not pray for this world, but for those of mine who are in it. And then in Jeremiah, God told the prophet, do not pray for this nation anymore. I will not hear. Well, in 2003, I obeyed the Lord. I've never prayed for this nation, but I pray for the saints of God to be able to navigate through the season. And I have been waiting for 18 years to see if what God said, which was America has crossed the point of no return. I've been waiting to 18 years to see if it ever would come back. I stopped praying for the nation. I wanted to. I have many godly friends that intercede and pray and said, not on my watch and on and on and on. But I obeyed the Lord. And here we are. And the Lord was right. And because of the blasphemy that this country is shoving in the nostrils of Almighty God, because of the blasphemy, the shedding of innocent blood, the evil, the wickedness, the corruption, the defilement, the tearing down of God's moral righteous laws, and the establishing of godless laws, God was knowing all the way back there where this country was going, and he said, don't pray for it. This is where they're going. You better start praying for God's children to be able to get through what's coming down the pike. And so here we are, 
here we are, and it's, it's an intense moment. It's a very intense moment. Now, I have Pastor Jeff is calling into the program right now, and I'm going to release him. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like he's going to be able to be on the video, but let me bring him into the broadcast and say good morning. God bless you, Pastor Jeff. How are you doing today, sir? Hello, Pastor Jeff. Are you there? Is there a mute anywhere? Hello, Pastor Jeff. Are you there? Okay, I'm not hearing Pastor Jeff anywhere here. Let me see. Uh, Pastor Jeff, are you there? Okay, so I'm not sure what's going on with Pastor Jeff. I've got him on the line, but he's not coming through. And I don't know if there's a mute on your end, Pastor Jeff, or uh, we look pretty good over here. So give me a shout back. Let me know what's going on, okay? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and empty that call out just in case. And we will continue to wait and see if uh, our brother is going to be able to get through on the broadcast. He should. There should be no reason why he won't. So anyways, all the uh, frustration that's growing through what the news media is putting out, uh, the push for resistance, literally, or the, or the nation becomes passive. Okay, either our nation becomes super passive and we just capitulate and do what they say so that there is no civil war, so that there is no revolution, or people begin to stand up, strive together, and as a, as a nation of patriots defending America, um, again, I think that's a lost cause personally, because I don't believe patriotism will save the United States of America. And I think that for a generation, when they had Ronald Reagan and everybody else, we were still shedding innocent blood. We're still watching pornography. We're still promoting what is evil and wicked. So I don't think patriotism is it. So to gather together as patriots to fight for America is probably going to happen, but I'm not so sure it's going to achieve the purpose. What the right thing to do is for God's kids, patriots, uh, militia, military, uh, businessmen, all housewives, sons and daughters, all of the body of Christ who have faith in Jesus gather together and strive together and stand fast in this time and come up with a mind from Christ that will guide us and tell us what we need to do. So that's where I'm going to go. Let's see if Pastor Jeff is with us right now. Good morning, Pastor Jeff. Can you hear me now, sir? Yes, sir. I can hear you clearly. Awesome. Okay, let's make sure. Go ahead and talk into that. Let me make sure I can hear you. Yes, sir. Can you hear me now? I can hear you, Pastor Jeff. If you could tune it up just a little bit louder, I can hear you. I think everybody else can hear you. And uh, welcome to the broadcast. We're glad you're with us. And I'm sorry you weren't able to get on the video, but um, either way, Pastor Jeff, I want to turn this over to you, and I just want you to just launch and release what God has put in your heart, and we'll just commune as we go. Okay, you said the volume is good. You can hear me clearly. Yes, I hear you clear, and they are saying uh, in the chat room that they can hear as well. Praise the Lord. Okay, well, first of all, again, as always, I want to thank you for allowing me to be here with you. I, I enjoy being with you. Of course, I listen to you as much as I possibly can and everything, and uh, I just, you know, thank you for this opportunity to be here to share. I heard what you were saying, and I saw the video, and when, when you were showing it, what the Holy Spirit was revealing to me was Romans chapter 10, 
verse 17, which is, of course, a very uh, probably popular passage of Scripture that many of us as Christians we, we quote, which says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But when what I believe God was showing me through that is just like faith comes by hearing, and oftentimes we just read that, but but if you really break it down, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. But on the flip side, if faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, fear comes by hearing the word of Satan or, or, or the words that's put out by the enemy. And, of course, I believe that the mouthpiece of the enemy that we're living in today, in today's time, is, of course, not only social media, but it's the mainstream media. And as I was watching that, that, that clip and the vignettes of whether it's the, the people at CNN or wherever, or whether it's the, you know, the president-to-be or whatever he is, you know, people are just say, they're in lockstep saying the same thing. And if you say, and, and it just shows the power of the word of God on the flip side, because they're saying the same thing over and over and over. It's the unvaccinated, it's the unvaccinated. And, and more, the more people hear that, it gets into their spirit. And then they, they start believing it and buying the lie as Good the point. truth. Where on the flip side, if we in the body would start just uh, uh, speaking the word of God, you know, sharing, sharing, but not only just that, sharing the truth that we know that that's a lie to as many people as we can, and we pray, though, first that their eyes would be enlightened to see as, as the prayers that Paul prayed, that the scales would fall off of their eyes and that their hearts would be softened to receive the words that we're giving them. Because the last thing I'll say, then you could come in. It's, to me, it was just so easy during this uh, pandemic season that I've even got Christian friends who say, but what about the science? And I, and I try to tell them, but isn't the word of God greater than science? Didn't God create the scientists? That's that's just the first thing I want to say. What's your what's your take on that? Well, I absolutely agree. He has, and uh, you made an excellent point. And the striving together of men and women of faith who believe in the Word of God is to get that Word that's going to equip us to go through and stand together against what is coming. And if we're standing together in one mind in one accord, and you put it all together, um, you know, we live or die for the cause of Christ. And um, there's, there are going to be legal battles, right? And so we're going to hear more words. It's a word war, isn't it, Pastor Jeff? Well, it is. But also, what, what you, you just made another great point, like point counterpoint, you know, striving together and, and being on one accord. But I think we've got to look beyond what we normally see because uh, typically, you know, I, I've talked to some, some, some Christians that I know, some friends, and they were saying, like, back during the day there was a voice. And I think that people – if using the body now, they're looking for a person, you know, like for, I'm just going to use it as an example. Uh, during the civil rights movement, people attribute that to Dr. King, and he was the voice of the civil rights movement, or somebody else is the voice of a movement. And I think people are waiting for, as Christians, to, to, for that one person. You know, what about this one pastor, whether it's a, a, a name, any particular known pastor? But, but I don't think it's going to come that way because we see, you know, uh, uh, as, as we do our research, you and I and others like us, that a lot of the well-known pastors, they bought into the lie. So, you know, they're not telling their congregations. They're not telling people that this 
what, what we like to call plandemic, scamdemic, or whatever. Not that the COVID may be not be real, but they're basically blowing it out of proportion because that of the fact that uh, they want their new world order, one world government, one world economy, one world religion, and that and the fact that this is just part of the big plan. This is just part of the vaccines and stuff. Is just one part of the. Of, of of the plot of the building so or the foundation so to speak. Even as we speak, you know, I've got an article that we we'll probably get into later that they're already trying to get the banking system. They're already trying to get the Chinese social credit system here in America and all and all throughout the world. And you tell them that they're like, huh? Come on, they don't want to believe it. But somebody has to has to tell the truth because you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make us free. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. And looking for that one man, you know, for the body of Christ, we have one commander in chief of the armies of God. We know that his name is Yahshua. But what, what we need to be uh, praying for, Pastor Jeff, is for the godly leaders in the body of Christ, those who have not capitulated to stand up and then to find somewhat of a Josiah figure that would be a holy, righteous man of God that would lead about a reformation within our nation like Josiah did. We have prayed for that for years, and we did get a Donald Trump, and they said he was like a Cyrus, and and there's confusion. We need a man where there's no confusion with where he stands and what he stands for. We need a Josiah that will look at the law of the Lord and say, this is what we're going back to. We have sinned against the Lord, and we are going to bring restoration. Now, because of the time that we're in, it's very difficult for me to at this point, see that a reformation within our nation is actually going to succeed. We long for it. We wish for it. But I wonder if we're not just inching closer and closer to the greatest tribulation to ever hit the face of the earth, which is the sure sign that immediately following that great tribulation, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ will be, and how many of us actually desire the coming of the Lord, which would require us stepping into this paradigm of Bible prophecy being unfulfilled, or being fulfilled, actually. Well, I, I agree. I, I mean, there, there, I don't disagree. But I, the good thing is that what I love about this platform and so forth is that the scripture says, come let us reason together and everything. Amen. So I agree that we're going into the greatest tribulation. I agree all of that, but just the optimism in me, is for us to continue to pray for exactly what you said, a Josiah, that God would raise that, raise that person up. But I think the part of the problem is that we're not allowing God to do that because we're putting all of our, our eggs in one basket, so to speak. You know, I, I, I have no problem personally with Donald Trump or, or whatever, you know, and, 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 you know, what he stood for versus what the, the Democrats and all of that. But I think it has to be that we trust God. Says God, you raise up someone because it's you know it's it's apparent to me. I mean, from from let's take it to the natural perspective. A lot of people were saying, well, what about Governor DeSantis? But yet it still then to me, God will will expose and reveal. So we won't fall for the false. I mean, to me, we're in a season. Either you're all in or you're all out. You know, either you're for God or you're not. Are you going to stand for this or not? You know, we can't, you know, say, what, uh, okay, I believe this person is the one, but then they say something that's contrary to what God says or whatever. For example, the point I'm trying to make is um, 
take Governor DeSantis. He said a lot of great things, but but then he turned around and he said some things about the the, uh, the unvaccinated. I'm going like, well, you know, it's not a personal attack, but whoever you raise up, God, I'm praying that it, that he has that Josiah spirit, that it is yeah. a man or a woman of God that you're raising up. And what I've been doing is we started started it since you and I talked a while back. I've started prayer uh, uh, teams, and we started about three weeks ago. Every Saturday morning, uh, three of us, we get together, whether it's via phone or in person, and we just start praying. You know, we're praying that people's eyes will be open. We're praying for the will of God. We're praying uh, that God would give us favor. We're praying that God would do just like he did with Hezekiah. When Hezekiah got the death of one uh, sentence, you're going to die. Get your house in order. Turn his face to the wall, and he prayed to God, and he brought God back to remembrance and, and everything. And then God uh, um, gave him 15 more years. So I'm asking God to give us favor, you know, uh, because the people say, well, that's being selfish. No, it's not, because there's many people out there that don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and we've still got work to do. You know, I don't want any to perish. So I, I'm praying that God will use my voice and your voice and other voices to educate, to empower, to equip. Because especially as a pastor uh, in Ephesians 4, that's what we're to do, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And I think we've got to get busy about our Father's business in this season and trust God and, 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 and evoke the name of Jesus Christ and, and, and pray that God is, is returned because everywhere I see, people are talking about this and that, but they're not talking about Jesus. And we need him more than ever, I believe, right now. Amen, Pastor Jeff. So my question is this, okay? There may be people listening uh, from all over the place that uh, are waiting for Donald Trump to come back to power, to lead the revolution, uh, to come back to power for whatever reason. My question to the millions of Trump supporters, the millions of Trump supporters, my question to them is, why haven't you taken the vaccination? Donald Trump issued warp speed and told everybody to get vaccinated. He said it's a choice, but he told people to get vaccinated. And even for the, the largest man in the world, so to speak, the president of the United States that millions of people are following, he's, he's, he got the vaccination. He's telling people to get the vaccination. So why are the Trump supporters resisting and fighting and becoming anti-vaxxers and uh, I, am I missing something on that? Because to me, that's a little awkward. And again, you get to a Josiah, you know exactly where he stands. But it's a little confusing for this uprising against the vaccinations when the leader that you're waiting for to come back and lead the day is telling you to get vaccinated. Am I confused? Am I missing something, Pastor Jeff? Or what is it about that? Well, I don't think you're confused. Me, I look at it like a, we're just, you know, well, you don't know, but like my congregation and people know that I'm a transparent person and I'm, I'm straightforward. I supported uh, uh, Donald Trump because and, and whatever, but as opposed to the um, alternative that we have now. But I think we, you know, we don't know. I, I mean, you only scripturally, and I go back to scripture. It says you know them by the fruit they bear. So, you know, you can't out of one mouth say this and, and out of the same cistern say, say you know, uh, 
uh, a sweet and bitter water, so to speak. I mean, in this scenario, you and I know that that's a kill shot. We know what's going on. So for him to say that, it is a little bit puzzling. But that's why I go back to, because I always try to take it to Scripture, and and God says, put no trust in man. You know, so my hope was not the uh, uh, the greatness of Donald Trump or Biden or anybody. It's in Jesus Christ, and I pray that Jesus Christ is is leading them. You know, um, to me, it's kind of strange that, uh, like you said, that he would uh, promote the vaccines. When, but again, <laughs> personally, I thought. Uh, some of his advice during the whole administration is, you know, some of the people that were close to him, maybe they w- said they were Christian and maybe they weren't, or maybe they weren't following uh, biblical principles. I don't know. I mean, I pray for him, but I, again, my prayers and in our prayer teams is that God, your will be done. God, that, you know, that, that you will become the center of every decision that we make, that you will turn the hearts of the people back to you. You know, uh, that's 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 part of my task to do that, uh, because I'm 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 believing God that what He did before He'll do again because He's the same God. You know, so uh, I pray for uh, President Trump and I and I pray, you know, but I don't put my hope in the fact that it's all about him because if I do personally, I feel whether it's him or anyone then I then I'm getting into idolatry. You know, uh, people. You know, the slogan "Make America Great Again." No, we need Jesus, the center of us again. That's what we need. We need. We need to break out. We need, as you say, Yeshua. We need Jesus Christ, and it, and 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 the powers that be are really trying to silence us from saying that. So that's why I believe. Back to Matthew chapter six, when Jesus says, "When you, when you pray, you know, go into your go into your home, close your door." get into your prayer closet or another translation, your, your secret place, and when you pray in secret, I will reward you openly. So I believe the open show will, 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 will be a move of God. But we can't do it for show or be hypocritical. We have to do this. Our strategy has to be different from the world's strategy. That's just how... I believe it is from from a scripture perspective, and we can even get into later the fact that as I go and study all the patterns, whether it's Second Chronicles chapter twenty, when the three armies were coming against Judah and, and, and King Jehoshaphat, of course everybody knows three is greater than one, unless that one is Jesus Christ is with you, because if he be for me, it don't matter who's against me. That's scripture. So then he gave them a strategy. Uh, uh, make some singers and some praisers, and here's what you say. Get up early in the morning, go out to meet them, and say, praise the Lord for his mercy and do it forever. Now, most of us would say, that's crazy. Where's your bullets? Where's your weapons? But that was a weapon because praise is a weapon when you study it. So God does unconventional things, and he wants people to trust him to do those, to carry out those unconventional plans, and they sought a reward, whether it's him, whether it's Gideon, uh, 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 in Judges, those are just two examples of how God does something that's a little bit strange in the natural, but it works because he puts his super on our natural. And so that's, that's, that's how I see it, I mean, you know, regarding to what you said. 
Yeah, amen, amen. So uh, what, what I'm looking at, in, in when I look at the world, I, I look at the events that are happening in the world, I am convinced, me personally, very, very thoroughly convinced that since 9-11-2001, we're going back 20 years ago next month, uh, that we have been in a season called the beginning of sorrows. And when I look at the events that have happened around the world globally at the same time, uh, it has been a nonstop 20-year season of disaster, catastrophe, school shootings, church shootings, mall shootings, terrorism. I mean, you go down to the weather events, the earthquakes, all the different things that have been happening in the last 20 years and how they've accelerated from 9-11-2001. And you, got, you had the Arab Spring in the Middle East. I mean, just all over the world. Now, today, uh, we brought a little Australian brother, not a little guy, big guy, big, huge heart, Daniel Seco's heart, uh, into the United States. And now uh, he brought Australia with him, and now they're under martial law. So what I'm saying is that I believe the beginning of sorrows that the Bible actually predicted, and even though they've existed before, they were always over there at a certain time, but now globally at the same time, and then to witness since the blood red moons of 2014 and 2015, the solar eclipse in 2016, the Revelation 12 sign in the sky uh, that we saw September 23rd, 2017, that there was an acceleration, Donald Trump comes to power, divided nation, now to the degree that we've seen uh, 2020, a, a global pandemic. So I see nothing but the labor pains uh, in accelerating and increasing and intensifying and this labor is going forth, and I don't believe there's any turning back. When you're this deep into the labor, you don't just say, okay, I'm done, I'm, let's go back and let's calm it down. I believe that we are witnessing, we're here right now getting ready to witness the birthing of what this pregnancy, this beginning of sorrows was all about, which the Bible predict, Jesus said, would be that greatest tribulation to ever hit the face of the earth, that many hearts would fail, the many, love of many would wax cold, there would be betrayal, and there would be all the things that the Word of God speaks of. And so it's hard for me to view any other way, and, it's, and, and, I, and I do. I'm cautious to what you said about putting all of our baskets or eggs in one basket. Um, I, I'm, I'm cautious, but I, it's hard for me to view what I see going on in the world, the nonstop uh, beginning of sorrows, that that is not moving towards that moment. And what we can do right now as the body of Christ, um, whether it's a preparation to go into the wilderness, as one dear friend just said, I believe in that. I believe that God was God to the Jews in the wilderness, and so to the Jew first and to the Gentiles, if you will. And so, you know, Pastor Jeff, it's just a, uh, it seems so clear in my mind, and it's not to say we shouldn't pray. It's not to say that we shouldn't gather together, get the strategy of God, the wisdom of God, uh, and stand but as far as praying and interceding that the world will turn around and everything will be revival and it will all be good, I'm having a really hard time with that because I don't see that in Scripture. Although it is possible, nothing is impossible with God. How that would be accomplished would be amazing. Um, and yet my, my clear purpose and, and designation and calling is to prepare the saints of God for what is coming and what is now here. And now we're looking at this vaccination deal right in the eyes and the potential for what we're hearing is not being able to get on an airplane, not going to a restaurant, not going to a store, 
Um, you know, if not the mark of the beast, then definitely a massive preview. Um, so what do we do with this? I mean, uh, just being convinced in myself of this is where I believe we are, but willing to kind of look at everything else. Your thoughts? Well, first of all, I'm not one of those. I mean, again, it's always profound, and you said a lot. Uh, but when you said about revival, not just you're saying that, but there's a lot of pastors that I've heard recently saying that they're they're believing that this is going to lead us into the greatest revival ever, and they could be right. I don't I don't I don't I don't buy that. That's not me. I don't I don't see that. I, God hasn't shown me that. That doesn't mean I, I mean I'm the type of guy I've been wrong, and I admit if I'm wrong or whatever. But I don't see that. That's not the direction. I think God is calling us closer to Him. You know. Um, God spoke to me as it relates to our church when we went back. We, as I've said before, we're a small congregation, and everybody wants to grow. But God says, if you get into my presence, you know, I, uh, if you fill this, this, this building with my presence, I'll fill this building with, with people. Because if we're real as pastors, again, being real, as they say, keeping it real, we all want to see growth. Yes. And so, you know, people bless. Yes. But, it, but we, some people have a 1,000-member church. Some people have 10 or 20 or 50. That's not as we know. That shouldn't be the modus operandi, but that's what we look at. That's, that's what people always tend to look at. But that's not where I believe God is taking it. You know, I don't, you know as a matter of fact, I even see the megachurch dwindling. As you said a couple of days ago, we talked about it. I see it, the church even being maybe home churches or, or, or having to go kind of underground because of the persecution that's coming on the church. But I, I saw a comment someone said, I think Brother Sean or whatever, we're about to go into the wilderness and we have to totally rely on God. That's absolutely right. So my, my take on it is, you know, from a, a, a hope standpoint, you know, to give people hope and encouragement and to those that don't know Jesus Christ to know him and for the body of Christ who have, whether they want to say it or not, have forsaken their, 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 their trust, total reliance on God. Because I say that because if there's no way. I've got, I've got personal friends who are, who are Christians and even pastors, and they told me that God told them to take the shot. <laughs> and, I'm, uh, you know, I didn't get into an argument with them because I'm not that type of person that want to just spend all my time trying to argue with someone. But I'm like, I don't see how you heard from God saying that. And stuff. So my prayer, you know, my what I was trying to say is that I'm gonna I'm continuing to pray for those who don't know Jesus that they do know Him and get to know Him in a, in a, in, a, in a more real way and and that they're discipled and that they will grow in Him so that and and, and rely on Him come out of the world and for those who are already saved but you know to keep them from getting into it uh, uh falling into apostasy. Or like, it seems like they're spiritually blind and stuff. So I'm praying for them that they will, that their eyes will be open, that they will see, and so now that they can share with others. Because again, as we with your clip, it's no doubt the world is sharing their fake lies, and people are buying it hook, line, and sinker. Amen. So I love it. Yeah. Go ahead, Pastor. But what I wanted to say is um, that there's just so much going on, man. I, I mean, I, I just think as a platform, you know, like yours and others, and 
you know, we need to we need to let people know the alternative because everybody's not everybody. I don't want I don't make that as a generalization, but a lot of people they just get their information from uh, the mainstream media or is, is it phrase the fake news or whatever. But they don't understand that these people are those those organizations are in lockstep. You know, I'm not saying you're a local news anchor because to me they're just uh, uh, regurgitating what they they've been told to say. But it's the people who own the companies, you know, whether it's BlackRock and all these companies that are the, are the five or six major corporations, they're in line with what with this new world order plan and agenda. So therefore, they're telling them to say this and and everything, and there's and and to continue to 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 use their psyop and and, and uh, uh, spew it out. This you know, unvaccinated, unvaccinated. You know, the uh, uh, Delta variant, and and I just. Just when uh, when I was prepping to come on your show, I just saw my uh, 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 it came across the news there that Fauci was talking again, saying uh, the Delta won't be the last variant. It's another one coming after this one. Of course, if you know your Greek alphabet, it's going to be Lambda next, and whatever you know. I guess they've got a Theta and a Zeta and a I don't know all the Greek Epsilon, and it's just going to continue, man, with the lockdown. So. We have to know the the, uh, the truth. We have to know know what's going on. Like 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 my article I told you from from June 25th. Six warning signs that the Delta variant is coming for unvaccinated Americans. I knew that because I got the article back in June that this is what they were going to start doing, and they and they're doing it. So my thing is a lot of people don't even know that. I'm not saying any of the people on your audience here, but there are a lot of people. Oh, I didn't know that. All I know is what I heard on CNN. All I know is what I heard on Fox. So if we Pastor know, Jeff, can we, we need to share can we, with them. Yeah, and, and I'd like you to just take the next 30 minutes in the broadcast and just begin to unveil that information that you have, uh, just kind of viewing it as none of us know anything. So educate us. Uh, you just said something so profound that, there's, that, that Fauci is saying there's going to be another one to continue the lockdown. People needed to hear that. That needed to read, that needed to shake loose something in people's thinking that are just kind of, you know, uh, lazily listening. And I would say, tune in right now, sober up. And Pastor Jeff, if you would just kind of release these six things that you were talking about, you started yesterday, and uh, inform okay. us. What, what else is there? Okay, well, I'm going to start with that one. Well, first of all, uh, uh, Pastor Vincent knows this gentleman, uh, Mike Adams, the health ranger. And he basically... Uh, had an article from this past Tuesday, August 3rd, and it's entitled, The Coming Delta Lockdown is Designed to Invoke Nationwide Protest So They Can't Be Exploited as a Backdrop for a False Flag Event to Blame Anti-Vaxxers. And I just I won't read it, you know, I kind of skimmed through it, but he says basically within the next, and I'm reading uh, from Mike Adams, so I say allegedly Mike Adams saying, so you know how people are, you know. <laughs> but anyway, within the next, this is Mike Adams saying, talking. He says, within the next 12 days, and this was up from, from August 3rd, this past Tuesday, within the next 12 days, multiple sources have told Mike Adams that uh, Joe Biden will announce a nationwide lockdown, fraudulently blaming the Delta variant and anti-vaxxers for the overzealous action. The lockdown will have no specific end date, and it is likely to be strongly resisted by red states. 
while blue states will effectively be turned into medical police states with brutal enforcement of the lockdown measures. Most importantly, the new lockdown will be perceived as so overreaching and totalitarian that nationwide protests will soon commence. Now, let me give you the six points, because when I said that uh, overreaching and totalitarian, that the nationwide protests will soon commence, what he goes on to say, which I'm about to share, is that that's what allegedly he said that the, at the current administration wants. <laughs> they want that. They want the protest. They want us, you know, uh, 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 out there because they have an agenda. Okay? He goes, the, this backdrop of nationwide, well, here it is. This is actually all part of their plan. The lockdown push is being engineered to invoke a backlash even among leftists who will join conservatives in taking to the streets to protest the medical tyranny. This backdrop of nationwide protest is the setting needed by the deep state to stage a violent false flag event that, he says him, Mike Adams has been told will most likely target a medical facility or medical group of some kind. Here's the six steps that he says. First, Biden will announce a nationwide overreaching lockdown. Second, Americans will react against the medical tyranny and take to the streets peaceful, I would say again, peaceful protests. But step three, the Biden regime will exploit the chaos of the protests to stage a violent false flag attack against a medical facility so that blame can be placed on gun owners who are also anti-vaxxers. Step four, Adams says CNN will then run with the staged footage claiming anti-vaxxers are terrorists. The entire media jumps on the engineered narrative to whip up mass hysteria and hatred against the unvaccinated. This further divides America while the media whips up emotions to insane levels. Step five, Biden uses the emotional hysteria to issue an executive order outlawing all gun ownership by civilians. Yes, it's illegal, Adam says, and unconstitutional, but he's going to try it. Many red states will denounce the effort, and this will accelerate the splintering of the U.S. of A. As red states realize they can no longer maintain any allegiance to a criminal cabal that recognizes no limits of governmental power. And finally, step six, Adam says, uh, Biden launches door-to-door strike force teams now heavily armed up after the false flag theater to forcibly vaccinate people at gunpoint and confiscate their firearms. The no-holds-barred war on the American people thereby commences. Mass executions on the streets of America, bloodshed on a scale never before witnessed. U.S. military troops turned against innocent civilians and doctors who promised vitamin D instead of toxic spike protein injections. It's all coming and the beginning steps are now just two weeks away. That's from Mike Adams. The coming Delta lockdown is designed to invoke nationwide protests. I'll turn it back to you for a second. Well, your thoughts about that. What, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts about what you just shared. Well, I mean, from what I I believe it's possibly true. I mean, because we see the order, I mean, the clip you just showed. You heard me say in June 
an article, the, one of the first articles I saw that came out before the Delta even, they even started talking about it in America. They were saying it was in India, and they called it the India uh, variant. And, and from another article I read, uh, the, uh, the powers that be in India uh, got on the, uh, United, uh, the United Nations or, or, or the World Health Organization, I think it was the, uh, the WHO, World Health Organization, and told them to stop calling it that. And so that's when they changed it to the Delta variant. And so I, and per that article, I told you, and, I, and like I said, it's coming. They're going, to start, they're going to start using this because what you said, uh, you know, you saw a lifestyle scenario and, and what you prophesied before, all it has to come to pass because, as we know, they still want to continue to use uh, 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 systemic racism. They still want to use all these tools, the Civil War here in America and stuff, to eventually lead to bringing in U.N. troops. And then I could go further with that. But that, but so they have to be, all these things are part of their plan. So uh, I don't doubt that it's not going to, that it's not going to happen. I mean, you know, just like we talk about, <laughs> we don't know the hour or the day when Jesus is going to return. We don't know certain things, but, but you know it's true. So I, I do believe this because they have made it that way. One, one last thing I want to say it, uh, on that. This weekend, I'm a big sports fan, so from time to time I, I tune to ESPN or whatever. And as you know, most people at the bottom, if you're watching whatever is sporting event, at the bottom they have a, a what's called a crawl, you know, down there like like like, uh, like a baseball score or uh, some news. So uh, it was this past Saturday, and I saw uh, it said uh, this former manager, I think it's Don Mattingly, and then it said Don Mattingly, sixty. Uh, has has tested positive for COVID, but then it said, Mattingly, uh, he had although he had although he he's been vaccinated. I said okay. About a couple hours later, I was doing something. I came back and was tuning through. I saw that same article. They had edited it and taken out the part about he had taken the shot because they didn't want you know, and I'm sure. The person who, who 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 actually posted it got roasted by the powers that be because they didn't want that narrative that uh, Mattingly, who had taken the taken the shot, but he still got the vac- but he still got COVID again, just like uh, the quarterback for the uh, Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, got COVID last year. He's taken the shot since then, but uh, they reported about a week or so ago he's got it again. Wow. wow. So, so you see what I'm yeah. saying? They're trying to they're trying to control the narrative and keep us in fear. You so, bet. I do believe it's going to happen. But go ahead. No, 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 no. That's excellent. That is excellent. And yeah, as you're speaking, uh, the things that you're saying, the things that are being unveiled. Um, years ago, there was a similar conversation going on, and, and people back then couldn't see it. it. You know, the idea of riots and bloodshed and military powers and executive orders. We were warning about these things in 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009. This conversation has been here before, but now this conversation, people are going that are listening maybe for the first time ever about these things are saying, oh, my God, this is, you know, this is here. This is real. And the potential for these things is much 
more close now than when they were first being reported by the Spirit of the Lord through a prophetic anointing around the world. People were warning. And I believe that now people hearing these things and seeing these things, Jesus said uh, uh, that their hearts would melt with fear for what they see coming upon the earth. And Jesus said it would be turmoil and commotion, unstable times. And so the, the shaking of heaven and earth, these things that are coming on the earth. So uh, to balance this information with what some people are saying, um, it's not make-believe anymore. You know, this is, it's well, never been make-believe, but it's never. not make-believe well, now. Well, Go ahead, sir. But what I wanted to add, uh, I'll conclude with, with uh, Mike Adams' article, which I didn't say, which I want to add. He, he closes it with some, with some advice for all of us and, and for people who may say, well, I want to peacefully protest. He gives about five things he says uh, not to do. He, he gives advice. He says, uh, I suggest you keep in mind when joining any peaceful protest against medical tyranny that, number one, Never, he says, bring, take any weapons to any protest, not even pepper spray. If you bring weapons, you may wind up ensnared in another FBI false flag terror plot. Number two, he says, do not trespass into any building. And I know you can, you know, you were here January 6th, so you can probably elaborate on that. He says, do not trespass into any building, including a hospital or clinic. This is how they arrested innocent peaceful protesters on January 6th. Number three. He says, film everything and be ready to quickly hide your micro SD card so that the FBI can't confiscate it after they pull off their false flag event. And he goes on to talk about where you could hide it and stuff. Uh, uh, number four, watch out for efforts by individuals or any group to whip aggressive action of any kind. The, the FBI will obviously run agent provocateurs who try to convince people to do outrageous things and CNN's cameras will be waiting to capture you on film and destroy your life. And finally, he says, if in doubt, stay, and he said, stay out. <laughs> Don't get dragged into some situation that seems fishy or out of control. Don't enter buildings or private property. Even be careful what you say verbally because there are audio recording devices all around you. All right, and that's so how that, he ends it. Yeah, and so that plays into what what I heard years ago was do not pray for the nation, but pray for my people that they'll be able to navigate through these things that are coming. And that's information right there. That's good information um, on how to navigate. And we need a lot more information. And what the body of Christ needs to hear uh, is, is the information, instruction uh, made from the Holy Spirit, putting things together, using common sense. 99 all the holy spirit forget 99 holy spirit but there is you know just stuff you do man go get some food and some and stuff if you're if somebody's telling you that it's potentially at the door that you're not going to be able to go to the grocery store if you don't have a vaccination passport then maybe you should go to the store now and and supply yourself with a two-year uh backup plan of food and all those things uh, in other words, he who foresees the storm and prepares himself and is hid, but he who passes on and does nothing is destroyed. And so, again, this is good information. There's instruction for navigation. What else do you have? Okay, this is an article, I believe, from Now the End Begins. And this is about uh, Mr. Facebook 
Mark Zuckerberg. And the article is entitled, Mark Zuckerberg is positioning Facebook to take over online worship services. And his first line of attack is partnership with, and this is them talking, I mean, Laodicean Hillsong. And everybody's familiar with Hillsong. Where it says, Facebook is intensifying its formal, formal partnerships with faith groups across the U.S. and shaping the future of church going as Facebook is enticing users to connect with God on Facebook rather than at a place of worship, according to a New York Times report. For example, Facebook developers had reportedly met weekly with the Hillsong Church in Atlanta, Georgia, to explore what church would look like if it were on Facebook instead, as well as what apps they might create for financial giving, video capability, and live streaming. Uh, uh, Hillsong's pastor, Sam Collier, said, together we are discovering what the future of the church could be on Facebook. And uh, so basically um, Zuckerberg is now reaching out. As a matter of fact, for the last few years, I had already found out that he has on his staff the person who's in charge of, of their religious affairs is a lady, I won't mention her name, but she's a pastor also, and she works for them. But they're, they're, he's now, Zuckerberg is trying to get partnerships with some of the major uh, uh, evangelical or some of the well-known churches like Hillsong and, and trying to get partnerships uh, with others. However, uh, um, there were some comments regarding this. Um, University of Edinburgh lecturer Sarah Ritchie said, corporations are not worried about moral codes. I don't think we know yet all the ways in which this marriage between big tech and the church will play out. Bob Pritchett, who founded Faith Life Corp., said, which publishes and creates electronic tools for Bible study, said, it is dangerous to have your community anchored on a tech platform that is susceptible to all the whims of politics and culture and congressional hearings. And finally, uh, a pastor uh, a, a pastor and general treasurer for the Assemblies of God, Wilfredo de Jesus, said, online church services were never meant to replace the local church. And while he has been grateful for Facebook, ultimately he said, we want everyone to put their face in another book. So, I'm my, my my thing for turning over you is I'm I'm skeptical of Facebook and all the other uh, uh, big tech because of their censorship. They already know how they feel, and they've shown themselves, shown their true colors. So I know that they're anti-God, anti-Christ spirit. So I'm doing everything I can to research out other uh, platforms that are more uh, Christian friendly or, or or allow free speech. So I can eventually get off of YouTube. I mean, I use YouTube for our, some of our church services and Facebook and stuff like that, but I'm trying to get away from them. And I would suggest that any Christian out there, they try to do the same thing. Yeah, Pastor Jeff, we use the world, but we don't abuse it. Um, and, and that means we just don't depend on it. We're in the world. We're not of the world. We use it. We don't abuse it. And so uh, as long as we can, and again, we are utilizing a platform um, without getting monetization. We're not getting paid for it uh, from Facebook or YouTube. 
the day comes when we can no longer use that platform because of restrictions or laws or rules that would in somehow put even a tiny snare into what we're doing, we would just go. And we have not yet ceased to speak the words that we believe that God has given us through his word and through intelligence of the Holy Spirit to equip the body of Christ to forewarn, to tell for the purpose of people knowing that the word of God is true. They can trust the word of God. They can obey the word of God, do what it says, and they will be guided. I think it's wisdom for you to be doing what you're doing. And right now would be an excellent time for you to share some information with our listening audience for people to search you out, find you, to see what you're doing, how do they find Pastor Jeff Bass and River of Life Ministries? Well, they can find me. It's uh, uh, I'm sorry, River Christian Center, but um, it's my that's M Y River C like in Charles C like in Charles my river cc dot o r g. That's my river cc dot org and that will get you to our website like I, like i've said before i'm in manassas virginia uh my wife and i we've been pastoring now for over 25 years we planted a couple of churches uh river christian center is our second church plant um we're right outside of the d you know about 25 miles west of washington dc um and that's how you can reach me uh or or at my email which is p as in peter the word triple, that's T-R-I-P-L-E, C like in Charles, at AOL.com. You say, AOL, that's an old, yeah, I've had that, uh, I've had that email for a while. But it, I've got a personal one, but that's for, for the church. P triple C at AOL.com. And that's how, you can, that's how you can reach me. That's awesome. All right, P triple C at AOL.com. You can contact Pastor Jeff if you have any questions or comments about what he said. Uh, River. Christian Center. You can go to the website myrivercc.org and you also have a 24-7 radio station for music, is that correct? Yes, music, music and teachings and we're doing a, going through, a, going through a, a, a revamp and a, a somewhat of a relaunch over the next couple of months but it's liftchrist.org or liftchrist.com and uh, the, uh, the name of the radio station is The Lift. All right. Where so we're we have up Christ 24-7. Amen. 24-7, lifting up Jesus Christ. So the radio station there, you can go to thelift.com, T-H-E-L-I-F-T.com, The Lift. You can hear some good music, good teachings on a 24-7 radio station. Pastor Jeff Bass, his wife Dee, we have cordially invited them to come to the Feast of Tabernacles to continue to share and to break bread with other believers. And I love this conversation because the diversity is good. The coming from different positions and angles and sharing different things, whether we fully agree, we need to expand our thinking, our minds. We need to be challenged. And so this is very, very good. Pastor Jeff and D. Bass, River Christian Center, 25 miles outside of Washington, D.C., uh, we sure do hope to see you all in September, uh, September 20th to the 27th. Pastor Jeff, you're going to let me know you and D are making some yes, sound sir. decisions. So um, God bless you, my friend. A final word before we leave here today. Well, one, one point, one that I didn't really get to from the Epoch Times, the Epoch, that's Epoch is E-P-O-C-H. It's the Epoch 
times, and everybody really needs to check this out because especially all of all of you out there who have children who are still in school, whether it's kindergarten all the way up through high school, uh, this came out today on the Epoch Times, and it has a picture of the U.S. Surgeon General speaking, and the article is Vaccines for Kids Likely to Get Green Light in the mm. Upcoming School Year. And Can the Surgeon imagine? General has said he believes that it's likely that a COVID-19 vaccine for children under 12 would be given emergency use authorization authorization during the next school year. Uh, and they asked him about the odds, and he said he thinks that the odds are high. COVID-19 vaccines are currently not available for children under the age of 12 in the U.S. However, he said in a statement that Pfizer was beginning to test its mRNA vaccine in a larger group of children under 12. So they're, uh, uh, I know time is short, but, but, but they're looking to start giving them to, uh, the vaccine to children under, under the age of 12. And also a, a Pfizer spokesperson said at the time that the company expects data from 5 to 11-year-olds in September. Uh, so they'll have that data next month. And also data for children 2 years old to 5-year-olds five could arrive as soon uh, uh, as a month after that. Uh, also, it said it's testing on uh, a dose on children. Listen to this. In the six-month-old to two-year age, two-year-old age group, and they expect to have that data by November. Wow. My goodness. God forbid. You know, you touch a little children, it better be have a better to have a millstone tied around your neck and cast into the sea. Uh, you know, Doc, Amen. Uh, Pastor Jeff, I want to just ask you this before you leave. Um, Here's another side of the coin. This comes from a very dear friend. We, we all know him. And, and he wrote this a couple of days ago, and he said, all COVID-19 virus diagnoses are imaginary. No COVID-19 virus has ever been seen under a microscope in its entirety. Therefore, no COVID-19 virus exists, and no variants can be derived from a virus that does not exist. The U.S. CDC publicly admits that the PCR test is unreliable and will no longer be using PCR tests from 1-1-22, so January 1st, 2022. That's the core of this scam. It's all a false positive diagnosis lie. Seasonal flu and common cold viruses people may have and now may have some side effects from the fake vaccines Yet, no COVID-19 virus diagnosis is real. Isn't that an amazing concept or thought that this, is whole, this whole thing has been a fantastic hoax to move people in a particular direction? And uh, what a strange thing. The whole world was deceived by the devil. Pastor Jeff, your final thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, it's just scripture being, being fulfilled and, and, you know, but what's that scripture? Even the very elect, I yeah. believe, has has many of many of many of the elect have been fooled by this. And and I think what I hear, Pastor, is a lot of people say that I talk to. You know, I don't talk to when I say a lot. That's probably a misnomer. But the people that I do talk to have these type of conversations. Their their blowback or kickback to me is, but you don't understand, Jeff. I had a cousin who died or I had an aunt or whomever, but I don't think they are aware of what you just you reading that statement. I mean, 
unfortunately, people die of whether it's the, the pneumonia, whatever, cancer, whatever. But this this hoax has been so ingrained in people 24-7 on the news cycles and everything that now it's, the, it's that spirit of fear. And, and, and I, I was having a conversation with Dee about it last night. I said, just look at how fear, you know, I, I mean, the you know, how it has just permeated our society. And, and people are doing – I've heard a person say, I'd rather be safe than sorry. So because of what I've seen in my family or friends, I'm afraid, so I'm going to go ahead and take it anyway. How crazy is that? Yeah, or I need to have a job, I need to work, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I need to buy food. Uh, Pastor Jeff, I want to thank you so much for calling in today, sharing the information that you did. You know you always have a line open here anytime you have something to share. I appreciate you. God bless you, my dear friend. May God guide you indeed, uh, be by the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name, to be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people right now. God bless you, and thanks for joining me today. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, and uh, uh, blessings for you and your wife and family. God bless. Thank you, sir. God bless you. All right, uh, Pastor Jeff Bass with us. I want to leave you with this. I think he would appreciate this. It comes out of Philippians chapter 1, verse 28. And in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is, an, which is to them an evident token of perdition. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, in nothing terrified by your adversaries. And your adversary is the devil, and those who serve the devil are the adversaries of Christ. In nothing terrified by them. All right, that's it for us today. We're going to get on with our business. Trust you're going to have an amazing day today. We'll see you tomorrow, Lord willing, with bells on. We'll have another conversation with another dear man of God. And until we meet again right now on Omega Radio, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, this is our little radio station, omegaradio.org. There's a roundtable discussion with Patricia Joy Xavier out of her book, Deliverance, the Christian Bill of Rights. Incredible conversations and so spirit-filled, they will also help. Have a blessed day, whatever you do. And remember, stay under the vaccination, the inoculation vaccination called the JCON. It's the best inoculation vaccination you'll ever have, the J-Con vaccination with the PS91 gold certificate. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. Shalom.